is always skin deep. You know, she says things that are technically true, but you know, skin deep. Like everyone gets a job. Yeah, everyone gets a job, but it might only last for three days. So I mean, that's the kind of thing she does. Hi, my name is Henry Kronk. You are listening to Code Burst. This podcast investigates Mind Minds, which is a coding boot camp that received a huge amount of community support, along with federal and state tax dollars to re-educate out-of-work coal miners and others for jobs in the tech industry. Last week, we heard about the experiences of Susan Graves, whose experience as a CPA lent her a unique perspective as she learned and then worked with the organization. The week before, we heard from Billy Jack Buzzard. Due to his background as a seventh generation coal miner, he served as an effective and charismatic spokesperson for Mind Minds. Like almost everyone else who went through the program, both were fired without warning and for dubious reasons. This week, we hear that narrative repeated again, but with its own twists and details from Michael Moore. Mike, as you will hear, is a busy guy and he was not able to get in touch for an interview. Instead, he sat down and recorded his experiences with Mind Minds on his own. I have done little more than edit his clips together so with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Mike himself. My name is Michael Moore, and I'm a 36-year-old West Virginia native. Uh, my background, before Mind Minds, I held a bachelor's degree in business management, and uh, I was a manager at a local restaurant. I uh, spent the majority of my life living in West Virginia, holding laborious jobs that generally required irregular schedules, working late nights, weekends, holidays, and most of these jobs had either you know, very little or no benefits, like medical, dental, uh, retirement was non-existent. Uh, most of these jobs left me extremely wore out and miserable, and when I turned 30, I began to think heavily on you know, what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. I was always holding these jobs I didn't like and being tired and wore out. So decided that if I didn't make a change soon, I'd be stuck doing something that I hated for the rest of my life. And I'd always loved technology and played on computers since I was a child. Most days after work, I'd go straight home and get on the computer and play a game or do something. Generally, a lot of my off time was spent playing around on the internet. So I'd always want, uh, wanted to do something in the tech field. So I figured if I didn't take my shot now, then I'd never get another one. So I stepped down from my management position and I just became a bartender and server again and enrolled in a local two-year college to go for my CCNA certification and then associates in computer networks and security at a little local college called Bridge Valley. Uh, what attracted me to Mind Minds? Uh, was the prospect of learning to code. I bought little C++ for dummies books and other little teach yourself to code books and would always kind of reach a point where I got stuck. Uh, when Mind Minds held their class, 
I was working 40 hours a week at the restaurant, taking a full 12 hour schedule at Bridge Valley. But I found out that the day they decided to hold the class was one of the two days that I didn't have class. So I jumped at the chance to do something I'd always wanted to do. I didn't even know about the prospect of getting a job when I joined. I didn't even know that was a possibility. Uh, I believe this was a chance to do something I'd always wanted to do, uh, so I jumped on it. I did learn a few things while at Mine Mines. I mean, I, I don't think I have them to thank for it because they act like it was a one-way street. Uh, we legitimized them. You know, our, we, we, the fact that we learned to code, you know, we attempted to bring value to their program. Yeah, they gave us the opportunity, but we also fulfilled our obligations, those of us that were left. So, yeah, I did learn a decent bit while there, uh, and uh, I am glad that I learned that. But I don't think, I mean, Amanda got, and the lockers, you know, they got rich off this program. No one else saw any success. But they did. But, yeah, I did learn some things, and it had its good parts. And I think they could have made the program a success if they would have just done what they were supposed to. They had the money. I don't know if they had the jobs coming in. That might have been part of the problem, that they couldn't find work for us because at one point they had everyone working on one project. So I don't know. I don't know what their problems were. I don't know. But I know that – they just lied all the time and about everything. And by the end, we all knew you couldn't believe a word she said. And we all knew that eventually we all had our day that we were going to be fired. I mean, we all figured that out pretty early. But I think the program could have been a success had they just, you know, fulfilled their promises. I think they had the ability to fulfill their promises. I think they chose not to do it. Uh, what it was like to be an apprentice. Uh, well, this is just part of it. This is actually kind of a little pre-apprentice. But up until it, uh, everyone graduated and the money was involved, everything was great. Amanda was acting like Ma and everyone else's best friend. Uh, I and everyone else gullibly ate it up. Uh, when graduation came around, she started talking about the possibilities of jobs. I was real skeptical. Uh, graduation was coming up around January and jobs had still not been confirmed and I was getting pressed for time to make a decision between continuing to pursue my CCNA and my degree and actually right about the time of that I was offered an internship uh, internship or junior position whatever you want to call it at a local uh, managed services company that a friend had managed to set up for me or I could take my chance with my minds. And Amanda was constantly telling everyone how we'd all be making $40,000 in six months and how everything was going to be so great and blah, blah, blah. You know, she's a great talker. And up until that point, everything had seemed great. So I believed her and I dropped out of college, turned down the junior position and went with my minds. It's fast money, you know, she'd never believe it, but uh, I believed her. And I probably should have known something was up real, realistically when she asked me if I could get fired from my job. 
about a month or so before graduation. Getting fired from my job would have made me qualify for the OJT program. OJT stands for On-the-Job Training Program. Uh, it was a job program provided by the unemployment office. Instead of being unemployed and people sitting on their butts collecting unemployment, they would reimburse these companies 90% of our paychecks for, I believe, is a period of around six months. And by me getting fired from my job versus quitting, I would have qualified for unemployment, which means I would qualify for this program, which would get them reimbursed 1080 of the $1,200 that we were paid every two weeks. For, uh, the, for the first class, we all made $15 an hour. I heard the second class made more like 12 or less. But the guy at the OJT program uh, even used me as an example of how the OJT program was a success. And I remember he told us all, now this isn't for them to get temporary cheap labor. This is to offset their costs while they get you guys up to speed. So it probably isn't hard to guess how he reacted when after the reimbursements stop one by one, immediately people began getting fired within days of the reimbursements being uh, ended. Uh, someone told me first thing he asked was, did he fire Mike? Because I was the example he used to show his program as a success to the state. Uh, at the time, I hadn't been fired, but I'm sure by the end he wasn't surprised because literally every other single person that was in the program had either been fired or made so miserable that they quit. First, we all thought it was great. Everyone who had stuck with it over the six or seven months saw their efforts come into fruition. Uh, Amanda held this big ceremony at the state capitol. Joe Manchin was there. The news was there. She announced to the news and the world that Mind Minds was hiring 13 new graduates or giving 13 West Virginians jobs or something along those lines. She's real good at being flashy. Uh, but then by the end of the first pay period, the first person had been fired. Uh, supposedly, they were fired for stealing hours. And at this point, I still had no idea Amanda and John would do things like that, and I thought it was some kind of mistake. Uh, the person they fired, I had became friends with over the six months, and she was someone like me who was just looking for a chance. She was a, you know older lady, uh, probably in her 50s, and she had high hopes with my minds. Uh, I seriously doubt she'd have gone through seven months worth of classes to steal two or three hours on her first paycheck. Uh, but Amanda stuck by her story, and it wasn't long after that she started accusing quite a few of us of stealing hours. Uh, she set up a camera saying it was there so we could better communicate, but the camera was in a position where she could always see where all of us were sitting to make sure that we weren't stealing hours. And I don't think anyone was stealing hours. I don't know where she got that idea or if that was just another reason. But all of us were, you know, psyched up. We were dedicated. We we wanted to learn. You know, we thought this was our chance. Uh, no one was stealing hours. But some of us, myself included, 
were being told to program things we had never done before on day one. Uh, day one, I was put on an assignment and told by the client that I was supposed to pull back information from the census API in JSON format for this guy that wanted to create a property property value app similar to Zillow. Uh, I'd never touched Node. I'd never touched an API. I'd never, I didn't know what JavaScript uh, object notation was at the time. I'd barely done any JavaScript. Uh, so there would be often be days I would have zero commits because I had no idea what I was doing. And I'd spend all day just reading, trying to figure out what I was doing. Uh, so in, to avoid being accused of stealing, I and a few others, we would deduct one or two hours off our timesheet trying to, you know, avoid her wrath. Uh, but little did we know, later those timesheets would be tallied up and the individuals with the lowest total hours would be dropped for not being dedicated enough. Uh, but they were generally never there. Uh, once we graduated, they spent most of their time in Pennsylvania or wherever they go, all over the place really. But eventually she got Marva House down here in Charleston and he was there to quote unquote help us. But, probably watch us but you know, I mean even though of all that most of us still loved what we did uh, but I remember looking at Adam once uh, he's another student we just kind of were like man it wasn't supposed to be like this uh, it's supposed to be you know we thought it was going to be this great new progressive company in Charleston West Virginia um, Adam was uh, another guy he is dedicated just like I was you know psyched up and passionate and ready to learn this stuff but he was ultimately fired when the hours were tallied up. He One time he asked if he could take his kid to a WWF wrestling match in North Carolina somewhere, but it would require him to miss two or three days. And Amanda said, sure, of course, you know, family first. Family always comes first. She would always say that. But then when the hours were tallied up, he was fired for not being dedicated enough, and those hours for the approved days off were held against him and he asked if he could just work out the final two weeks and she agreed but then when he got home he added up his hours and when you accounted for the hours approved his hours were no less than anyone else's so when he brought this to her attention thinking like oh this has to be a mistake uh, she retracted her agreement to let him work out his two weeks and she fired him on the spot so, but when there was only three of us left, uh, everyone else had already fired or quit. Uh, things calmed down for a while, and eventually she gave me three goals. And once those three goals were completed, uh, I was supposed to be made full-time. And I'm thinking, finally, you know, finally the $40,000 that she touted and the whole reason I agreed to this or, you know, wanted to do this rather than go the other route, uh, and at this point, it's like month seven or eight or something. But the three tasks were to teach a couple class periods, which I was teaching Beckley on both of their days uh, for quite a time. Uh, the second goal being to make a web page, which I did. 
And the third one was to figure out how to get AWS code deploy to work, which I did. But I was never made full time. And eventually I started pressing them, you know, because I, I had some things coming up. I needed money. I was trying to help fix up my dad's house. And they ultimately told me something along the lines of they did the math and I would actually be making less as a full-time employee. Uh, how they came out to that calculation, I'll never know. But it wasn't long after that they found a reason to fire me. about the till system that they had uh, we had a name for it we called it uh, Survivor Island because it felt like we were on that reality TV show just trying to avoid being voted out uh, there was four quote unquote random people that would vote on someone else's future uh, I was only included in one of those votes because they knew I was always the give the guy a second chance person. I mean, I understand maybe don't give him a third or fourth chance, but at least give him a warning. Uh, I mean, we were all new to this. This was uh, supposed to be a learning environment, and they were supposed to be our mentors. But as far as I could see, they didn't believe in second chances or warnings. Uh, the one time they included me, on one of the votes was when a person they didn't want to fire was on the chopping block because I was the give the guy a second chance person. And whenever she chose four people to vote on, and you know, be a quote unquote random sample, it'd always be one of her siblings, you know, either Marv or Heather would be in there. So that's one vote that was guaranteed her way. And People would generally always vote the way she wanted them to because she's the boss and we wanted to keep our jobs. But the funny thing about it was uh, she would always decide what was being voted on. So, I mean, either way, she'd get her way. If she wanted to vote in a way where the person wouldn't be fired, she would have the random sample vote on whether the person gets suspended or gets a warning. And in the opposite direction, if she wanted the person to be fired, she would set two extreme things for the people to vote on where the individual would ultimately be fired in short order no matter which way it, the vote went. So it was kind of like regardless of how the vote turned out, she controlled the outcome. And I remember she said anyone could initiate these votes. You know, we managed each other. But the only person that ever initiated any of them was her. And, I mean, everything she did, she did methodically. She, I mean, she knew what she was doing. But, I mean, she wasn't stupid, but she thought everyone else was. Like, we weren't seeing right through everything she did. And she, she thought she was, like, real slick. Like, no one saw it, but... She didn't understand that everyone saw everything, but we just wanted to work so badly. I mean, you know, we had our hopes in this so much that we just dug our heels in and hoped for the best and prayed she'd actually come through on her promises. 
Uh, funny thing was, when I was fired, there was no vote. And I've seen that happen to other people. It was like she picked and chose when to have the uh, teal system in place. Almost like when she was bored, she would uh, initiate a vote because that'd be a fun way to fire someone and you know, have the employees fire each other. And talking about second chances, I remember they fired this one guy, and uh, when he tried to argue his case, he was like, aren't you going to give me a warning? And she said, you've already had your warning. And what his warning was, was uh, he would often have to leave early to, you know, go take care, care of his kid or take kid to a doctor's appointment or something. Of course, she, she said, oh, yeah, family always first. Family always are first. You know, he would always ask her and she would always approve. And one time I told him, I said, man, you got to be careful. They're going to fire you. And he's like, oh, no, they they approved it. You know, they approved it. I got her permission. I'm like, man, they're passive aggressive as hell. I said, uh, you know, they, they don't care. They'll just fire you. Uh, it doesn't matter if they say yes, or, you know, whether it's okay or not. And uh, so then they fired him, and he was like, tried to argue, like, you know, I never got a warning. They used me telling him that as his warning. They said, Mike warned you. And I ain't management. Uh, but they used what I said as his warning saying that was his warning. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, after later, after I was fired, uh, Amanda reached out to me at one point. I'm, you know, I was, I'm good friends with Joe McKenzie, me and him stayed in touch. Uh, I had some of his stuff in my trunk and his, his aunt lives down in my area, but for some reason she can never meet up with me. And I just told him I'd hold on to it. And he knew I didn't want to meet up with anybody from my mind. So, well, Amanda's like, oh, I'll go get it from Mike. And so he's like, uh, Mike doesn't want to meet up with you. So she messages me like, Joe tells me you won't meet up with me. Is there something I should know? And I know when she said, is there something I should know? I was right about the time the court cases were starting. So she's trying to fill me out. And I told her, yeah, you guys fired me with no warning whatsoever put me in a really difficult position i'd really r rather never see any of you all ever again and she uh, uh I, later on i at that point i didn't know why i was fired uh when they fired me all i received monday morning when we came back from lithuania was a text message saying please check your email before you come into the office and at that point, the lady, the student from Beckley, had already called me up crying because she woke up to she woke up to finding out she was fired, and that got me thinking. Well, maybe I should check my email. So I checked my email, and lo and behold, I'm fired too. So uh, I'm like, well, you don't have to feel bad. You're not alone. I was fired too. So I wasn't given a reason. I was just told they couldn't extend my contract any further. Well, when Amanda. Uh, when Amanda messaged me, is there a reason, you know, is there something I should know? Uh, I asked her, I said, I was told I was fired for saying something offensive. That's what some people still working in the office told me. I said something offensive. I was like, I'd love to know what that is. And she said, oh, no, I didn't do anything like that. They just couldn't extend my contract. She said, I bet it's the Beckley people telling you that. And I was like, no, it's actually people from Clendenin telling me that. 
and uh, she is acting like the Beckley people are out to cause trouble, like, you know, like it wasn't undeserved. But uh, she, uh, I said, no, it's actually someone from Clendenin that told me that. And she said, oh, no, if you said anything, I would have told you so you wouldn't have done it again. So at that point, I start calling her out, you know, and I guess the conversation didn't go the way she had hoped. So, uh, you know, I told her that I asked for help whenever they initially fired me. I asked if they could help me find a job literally anywhere in the United States using the skills I learned while with my minds. Uh, They told me to start my own company, which would be great, but they didn't teach me how to price jobs. They didn't teach me how to you know, find jobs. They didn't teach me none of that. So, yeah, I, I mean, it would be great to start my company if I knew the first thing about it. But uh, so when I told her that I'd asked for help and they didn't, you know, when they fired me, I asked for help finding a job. She denied that, too. And I sent her the text message where I asked the phone number that fired me, the number I was communicating with on the day I was fired, that I asked them for help. And she denied that being her phone number. Well, that's the number that I'd communicated with her on numerous times. So, I mean, at most it was John's number. So it's not like, I mean, that's how, you know, her truth is always skin deep. You know, she says things that are technically true, but, you know, skin deep. Like everyone gets a job. Yeah, everyone gets a job, but it might only last for three days. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing she does. But anyway, so after that argument... She starts telling me I'm being belligerent and I'm not making any sense. I hear the next day she held a team meeting and told everybody that I'm on drugs and that I was actually fired for being on drugs. Uh, She has no proof of this. I wasn't on drugs. She doesn't know that I actually have to go to the doctor pretty regularly. I have lots of proof showing that I'm not on drugs, but, you know, she doesn't care about that. She doesn't think anyone ever, you know, everyone will always believe her because there are these high and mighty people coming off their thrones to come help us lowly West Virginians. But, uh, but yeah, so then she uh, basically, so I don't know whether I was fired for saying something offensive. I don't know if I was fired for being unprofessional or I fired for being on drugs i've heard three different reasons now so your guess is as good as mine which one i was actually fired for which i'm guessing i was fired for neither uh, none of those reasons i was actually fired for pressing them about the forty thousand is what i think but why the the reason they gave uh about all that madness that went on in lithuania well i was there um at first they told us like they told everyone if they could buy a plane ticket to Lithuania, they would pay for the conference. Uh, and I thought there was a few of us going and it turns out that me and one lady from Beckley, uh, basically agreed to go on a family vacation. We, we thought there'd be more people, but not counting the lockers or people related to the lockers in some fashion, uh, it was just me and one of the students from Beckley. So, yeah, if we would have known it was a family vacation we were going on, we'd have never gone. But like a week or two before the conference, they were uh, all of a sudden said, uh, has everyone bought their tickets for the conference? 
when I bought my plane ticket and the passport, I'd already nearly spent uh, $1,500. And I had a bunch of stuff going on at the house. Uh, I didn't have another 600 or or $1,000 or whatever it was for the conference. And I think it kind of pissed them off that they had to pay for it. Uh, I asked them if I could refund my plane ticket, but they said it was non-refundable. Uh, so we went over there and conferences uh, the conference was early in the morning so a few nights i didn't go out drinking with them because you know they're like party till 3 a.m then get up at 6 a.m to go to the conference and i just can't do that uh, i'm not a morning person as it is uh, i like to have fun but there's too much money wrapped up in all that to let it go to waste but while i was over there amanda kept saying you're not being yourself. You're not being yourself. But she kept saying it while she was giving me this look, like I basically took it as she was telling me I had an attitude problem. So one night I do decide to go out drinking with them, and, yeah, I get wasted. You know, that's standard operating procedure with them. Uh, drinking with them is usually shot after shot after shot. Yeah, I got hammered. Uh, I needed up the stairs to the little place we were staying at and I guess I passed out in the spot someone else was sleeping, and uh, Josh, actually. And from what I was told, he tried to drag me out of the bed while I was sleeping uh, by the leg, and I guess I raised my fist at him when he dragged me out of the bed. I don't remember it, but uh, I guess that was one of the reasons they cited for me being unprofessional. Like, that was totally crazy. Uh, most assumed, yeah, most of us, you know, like I said, assumed that was standard operating procedure. I mean, they kept bottles of liquor in the office. They had, you know, at the daily meetings, everyone was like, it's, everyone grab a drink. You know, it's our daily stand-up, daily 1 p.m. stand-up. Everyone get a shot. Now, as for what I'm doing post-mon mons, uh, luckily, um, when they fired me, it was right at the beginning of December. So uh, I applied to a few jobs and didn't have any luck. So I, uh, I had time to apply for or get back into school for the spring semester over at Bridge Valley. Uh, at that point, I didn't have money to pursue a degree or even you know take care of myself for a semester. So I had to get a job as fast as possible which I wasn't having where I was having a hard time doing as well so uh someone a family member loaned me enough money I just needed to take uh one more semester two classes to finish my CCNA training so first thing I did uh, someone loaned me the money I went back and re-enrolled to finish my CCNA uh, that was the least I could do so that's what I did and about two, three months into class, I got lucky, and it wasn't the same person that offered me the internship before, but it was the same company, and it was actually the same position. Uh, it was more like a junior position. It wasn't really an internship, but uh, I managed to get that same position that was available before Mon Mons. Uh, it was pure luck, so... I stuck with them, and that's actually who I work for now. And I actually just got my CCNA about six months ago or so. And I work on, uh, you know, more on a network level. I work on routers and switches, 
firewalls, uh, some Windows servers, uh, do a decent amount of voice stuff, uh, you know, manage services company, do a lot of troubleshooting for our clients, and it's uh, real fun. The company I work for, yeah, they've been real fair to me. It's been great. One thing that's kind of funny is I think I went in there with some mind minds PTSD because every little thing I did wrong, I was afraid they were going to fire me. Yeah, I, I sneezed funny, and I was worried about getting fired. I think people thought I was kind of a spaz, but uh, they learned more about the company. I think a few of them understood why. Uh, but, but yeah, things are actually going really good right now. Uh, I don't do any programming. Uh, I mean, I try to do some on the side. Um, I do miss programming, but I like what I do now uh, just as much. So. Yeah, things are going really good. This has been Code Burst. My name is Henry Crock. I would like to thank all the former Mind Minds learners and apprentices who have been in touch with me lately especially Mike Moore, Susan Graves, and Billy Jack Buzzard. Katrina Gibbs designed our logo, and the music you heard was written and recorded by Dan Monkman. He is currently playing as Zoon, that's Z-O-O-N, and you can find his music on the internet. Once again, my name is Henry Kronk. If you would like to get in touch, please follow me at Henry underscore Kronk on Twitter. You can also email me at henry at elearninginside.com. Thanks for listening.